Hi everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the I'll Try That podcast. We're going to be talking about the modernist Bavarian beer on offer from And Union, and Joe will be taking us through uh, a hop topic involving Brewdog. But uh, first of all, Travers, how's it going? Are you all right? I'm just really tired. <laughs> <laughs> really tired. All the time at the moment. Yeah, heard that. Like I've been, I've just started back at work. I, I've I've nearly had a year off, furloughed, and I went back to work really, really excited. But I think I'd quite happily be furloughed again right now. <laughs> Bit of a shock to the system. I just really want to sleep. But it, it's interesting though because you, although you were furloughed, you were still, you know, you you'd kind of got yourself some kind of part time jobs. You'd kind of picked yourself up some volunteer work as well, hadn't you? So it wasn't like you were kind of just fully like not like kind of lazy bones about it. You were very active. But is, do you, are you saying like it's a different step up now? You've gone back into work full time. Yeah, like you're just going back in. You just got to think. I forgot how much I thought all the time. Like people just like you're just cruising like on your days off and stuff like that, and in furlough and everything. But the amount I have to think, I didn't know, I didn't realise how much thinking I did. And uh, and just being outside in the fresh air all the time as well just makes you tired. I know what you're saying about the, the fresh air, that, that always gets me. You're having very much an office or at-home office job right now. Um, you know, you sat inside, indoors, but anytime you get any time outside, either walking around or or exercising, I just get exhausted just from the, that, that kind of outside fresh air and sunshine as well drains you as well, doesn't it? Oh, especially, especially being, being, being by the sea as well. Have you guys had the virus? No, I haven't, thankfully. Touch wood. Yeah, luck, luckily, luckily, I think I avoided it. Oh, nice. I think I've got a bit of the, uh, the long COVID, sort of COVID long thing. Just every now and then, you just, oh, I can't face it. Oh, no. <laughs> that could be anything. <laughs> I'm going to make myself a cup of tea. Oh, I can't. I just can't. Well, you'll everything leave me alone. Um... <laughs> I might be being a little bit melodramatic. It's but, funny, um, I, I have never had yeah. COVID, but I, I, I still get in those days as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Weekdays. Yeah. Usually on a Monday. Yeah. <laughs> Just leave me be. I want to get off. <laughs> <laughs> But, but given you've got like and you've had your COVID, so it just kind of wiped you out, did it, for like a few days, or, or was it a couple of weeks? Like, what was the time frame we were talking about? I, I was I was about ten days. Do you know what? I was really pleased. I never got the loss of sense of smell or taste because I love my food <laughs> so and my beer and, and, and everything like that I was really glad to not lose that but yeah just felt rotten for mm. and I had weird I had real peaks and drops with it actually I, I had a couple of times when I sort of felt I'm absolutely fine in fact I almost feel great and then there's just a, I remember having dinner one night and I just I was sort of just like bowing my head just go I feel so rough lethargy and and just like you've been, yeah, uh, like you've been hit by a car. But it knocked you for six by the sound of things, completely knocked you for six. Like Big it time. Just body was yeah. just wiped out. So Drabs, Drabs, you're going to complain a little bit less now about what, going back to work and feeling a bit weepy, well, a bit I, tired? I feel like, yeah, probably. <laughs> I probably should stop complaining. I should just be happy that, that I have a job. And that it's quite a, yeah, and I, I do quite enjoy it. I'll stop moaning now. No, it's, I mean, it's not exactly brain surgery, is it? <laughs> <laughs> No, he's a rocket scientist. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was hoping someone would come back with that. <laughs> but no, actually, I will defend your right, Drabbers, to have a moan. Oh, you need to. No one likes to admit it, but moaning's wonderful. 
I'd love having a right I, old moan I completely about stuff. agree. <laughs> I, you need to get out your system. You need to get a good moan in. You know, you need to, to and because it, it helps get it out there as well. And, and honestly, it's it's so healthy because everyone's in the same boat and everyone's feeling the same way. And it helps you re, like remind everyone that everyone's all feeling the same um, about these things. Yeah. And you know, like you said, you're just back at work using your brain all the time or outside exerting lots of physical energy like you're going to be knackered naturally so you know yes do it i punched a boat by accident and now my knuckle also hurts it's just been a bad week what did the boat say to you it was it was just mugging me off and wouldn't turn on you were trying to arouse the boat (laughs) (laughs) you know you're usually meant to smash a champagne bottle not punch it when you're launching boats (laughs) I can't afford champagne. I hear Little do a nice selection of champagne for a couple of quid. <laughs> cheeky bottle, cheeky bottle of sparkling cider. Let's jump in. Let's jump into a hot topic, shall we? So, so this week on the hot topic, we are going to be talking about Brewdog again because lo and behold, what a surprise! They've done another groundbreaking, innovative sustainability push. Um, and this is in light of you know we know that they've done a lot of work, obviously in the past. We've talked ample uh, about on this podcast. But they've they've seem to have come up with an umbrella campaign for their all of their sustainability work, you know, and the work they're doing to help, uh, you know, with the saving the world. And it is under this umbrella of Mega. Now, some of you might be pretty familiar with Mega or Mago, which is the Make America Great Again, you know, that you know, rallying cry from the the Trump campaign. But they've decided to own this as Mega, and Mega stands for Rich. Do you know? Make eggs great again. That would be pretty good. It would be much better if it was make eggs great again. Um, eggs, eggs are pretty great. No, it's, it's make earth great again. So again, you can see this makes a bit of sense. They're trying to all link this kind of, this is our sustainability. This is what we're doing. And it's all under this banner of make earth great again. So this latest work that they've done with Mega, uh, is that they've, they've re- re- launched a whole new range of beers called trash can beers. Now, trash can, obviously, that doesn't make you see you appealing. That doesn't like, why are they making beers that I don't want to drink out of a trash can? That's disgusting. But what they've said is that due to print-ready processes, minimum run sizes and errors in production and errors in forecasting, almost 1 billion perfectly good drinks drinks cans never get used every year. As part of their commitment to reducing waste, they're going to reuse the cans destined for the trash and fill them with a 3.8 hells. So this is a lager. So they've obviously decided that, you know, there's all of this, um, these waste cans from all the different brewers around the world. I'm not sure exactly who's participating in this or if they're maybe talking with recycling centres and getting sent these cans or what. Uh, but they're basically making them these cans ready to go and putting in their own beer and then selling them out as this new proposition. So trying to give a new life, I suppose, to uh, to these these cans that would never otherwise never be used. So that's pretty cool. Quite like that. I think I thought of a spokesperson for this trash can campaign. Can you guys remember Oscar the Grouch? She used to live in the trash can on Sesame Street. Yes. 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 A hero of mine. Yeah, I think I think they should get him involved. There's I want to give a little little bit of I'm no mathematician, but from that side of things I can say that a billion is loads. <laughs> a billion <laughs> is loads of cans. <laughs> and that's loads of beers. That's, I don't know how that is a proportion of like, all the canned beers that are made in that time frame, but a billion is, yeah, I can't, it's loads, that is, that's loads of beer. But also, it's, it's very smart from, from, from Brewdog as well, because if they're gathering these cans from not just their own kind of like wastage of supply, but also from other brewers, aren't they then, they're getting 
free cans or they're getting reduced cost cans and then reusing them as well. So they, their per unit should be cheaper or like a smaller amount that they're having to pay in for these, these cans. So I think all round it makes a lot of sense, both business wise and with the marketable side of, you know, we're saving the world, we're saving the planet, we're reducing waste. Like it, it seems like a win-win on Brewdog's side, doesn't it? So are these, are these cans, were they, were they defective before they were going in and they're being kind of like crushed down, recycled and repurposed? to go through is that is that is that the general vibe yeah they explain it as being like they can't they don't even have to be defective cans they might just have been over people might have over um purchased or over forecasted and thought we're gonna sell in you know four months time we're gonna sell five hundred thousand cans and they only end up selling like three hundred fifty thousand cans let's say so there's quite a lot of cans there's a huge discrepancy but there's a lot of cans then that you're not filling the beer in and as we know obviously if you, you can't beer doesn't have a long shelf life so your forecasting of these of when you're going to need beer by but affects everything like from the amount of liquid you're producing to the amount of uh you know beer that actually goes out there but also obviously the amount of cans that you need created and and get and given to you so there's that's one way um they say other things like uh minimum run sizes so that basically means that a, a printer so someone who someone who creates the um who, who makes the cans they have to meet a certain minimum quota every month so you know they're not going to just say all right i'm you know a brewery down the road i'm only going to have one can please you know they're always going to have to do a certain number at any given time because of the um you know the scale of what's what's the barber you might know the 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 business term for where the scale of oh um yeah economies economies of scale that's it economies of scale so you know they need to do bigger batch the more batches you do or the bigger volume that you do of printing off like cans or making of cans like in theory the lower the price for each individual unit is so there'll be things like that um and they just say stuff like print ready processes errors in production so as you said maybe they've just printed weirdly onto the can when they're doing the they're actually printing onto the cans themselves maybe the label's got a bit duff so you know lots of different reasons really so it doesn't have to be that there's been a massive gouge out the middle of the can yeah let's say for example I just, I just had an idea in my head. You know, when you used to go to Cadbury's World and you'd get in the Cadbury's store, they had the bags of all like the dud chocolates and everything, like misshapes and all that sort of stuff. I would be more than happy to buy a crate of beer of misshaped cans for a discount price. I think that that would be a really good selling point, like a double can connected, like two cans sealed together or something like that. I'm down for that as an option for cheaper beer. And if BrewDog's going to do that, I... <laughs> So they're also saying, obviously, going on to it, that um, they're not going to be creating, like, secondary cartons. You know, you get four packs, six packs, eight packs, whatever. Um, these cans will just come as they are, like, in your order that you would buy from Brewdog. What they've also done is they've supported this kind of mega campaign. They've created a mega game. So this is a game that you can use on the website or on your phone. And uh, it's called uh, The Megabot, The Carbon Killer Needs You. And basically, what they say um, with the description, can you help the BrewDog Megabot bring down the bad guys? Designed to be played with a beer in hand, simply tap to remove CO2, plant trees and save water to make Earth great again. Remember, every tap counts will award monthly prizes to the world's top winners. <laughs> Some of the awards that you can win for playing this Megabot ca- uh, game is that you can first prize... Well, let me let me th- let me run these past you. Okay, what do you think of as the fifth place price? You can get a vegan meal for two. Nice. Uh, okay, we're gonna go. We're gonna go up. These these prizes should get better as we go up the tiers. Okay. I I want to know what what's the the vegan meal for two is. You know, solid prize, but I'm keen to know where we go from here. Right. 
fourth fourth place, you get twelve pack of the punk IPAs. Yeah, decent. I'm in. That's good. It's better than the vegan meal. You'd have thought pound value lower than the meal, but I'd go for it. Yeah. Yeah, but I think maybe the, who you're talking to, I definitely would put the, the beer at a maybe a higher value than the, yeah, the yeah, meat vegan yeah. meal. Yeah. Uh, right, third third place. We're still in the beer beer category, obviously, for Brewdog. 48 beer bundle. Okay. So you can get 48 of their cans. I like that. Now you're talking. You'd be happy with third, wouldn't you? Right, second place. Okay, we're upping the stakes now. We're one away from first prize. Is it? What is do it... you guys reckon second place is going to be? Drabbers off to you. A hundred beers. That's what I've gone for. Like it. That's a good call. It's a good call. Barber. I I think it might be one one year supply of patented Joe Druitt beer shampoo and conditioner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, unfortunately the Joe Druitt shampoo and conditioner hasn't reached reached the market oh, just yet. Oh, has it been discontinued? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we had some production issues, couldn't get off the ground. But you're right, absolutely spot on with the one year claim that you for second place you get beer for a year. Nice, that's good. So they're going to give you beer for a whole year. But that's not yet. We're not there yet. We're not even at number one spot yet. So first pl- prize, it builds on 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 the second place. You get a beer for a year, but you also get your very own tree. Wow. <laughs> You could... <laughs> cool. A tree. Yeah. A tree. I <laughs> Just when you think they couldn't do better than second oh, yeah. prize, they top yeah. it off with a tree. What's better than, than a year of beer? Well, a year of beer and a tree, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> now that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, particular type you of get, tree? Do you get to choose where the tree is? So there is a bit of context to this. I'm, I'm sure it's in a small disclaimer, but I know Brewdog basically are creating, have planted a forest up in Ed, up in Scotland. Um, and so you will have one of the trees within the forest, the Brewdog forest. Right. Okay. I just they were going to plant one tree. So if I wanted to go visit my tree, I'd really struggle to find it in the forest they're planting. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I, they might have a... Th- so I, I have... There's a company that have done a similar thing. Um, so Lafroy, you know the um, whiskey, uh, the uh, the whiskey up in Isla. I actually bought a um, as part of when you could buy one of their whiskies, you get given a square by square um, plot of of land in their peat field. And basically, what they've done is you can you they can actually show you online exactly where your plot of your square is. Like they've basically maxed it all out, and then when you buy it, it basically just links it to one of those squares. So you can go. I can go online now and find out exactly where my peat field. And I actually went to visit this peat field when I was over in uh, in Isla, um, and it was awesome. Like I didn't know exactly where mine was because I wasn't like trying to find it, but it was just like to be in the peat field where my my square bit of land is <laughs> nice. in, in the in their field was great. It was, it was a nice touch. Really, really nice touch into the, the brand. Yeah. Like, you really feel a part of it. What do you call a man with rotting vegetables on his head? Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Sorry about that. Awesome. So, this week, we're going to be talking about And Union. Uh, modernist Bavarian beer is what they call themselves on the website. Um, I've never heard of this beer until Joe suggested that uh, that that we go and do it. Um, but just from generally having a peruse through their website and their general design and what they're putting out, I'm on board. It's it's quite modern. It's funky and it's cool so far. 
Nice. Those are great, great adjectives. Modern, funky, cool. I like that. Um, yeah. So, so I, yeah, I, I, as you said, Rich, this is a new company on me as well. Uh, and I was really struck when I was walking through uh, the supermarket, obviously perusing the beer aisle, um, you know, having a look at what was there. And these cans and the design of these cans just struck me. They really stood out. They look like nothing else that you can get right now on the shelves. One of a kind. So as you're probably expecting from a company that talks about themselves or refers to themselves as a modernist Bavarian beer com- company, you know, the design of these cans are super minimalist, super modern. Um, you know, the, the, the cans themselves are, uh, you know, a kind of all one color and they have, you know, just a very minimal word, uh, you know, kind of descriptors on them. They have <laughs> a day of the week. They have the, um, what, what product it is. So it's a dark lager. There's a India pale ale. There's a lager as well and an ABV on the front of back. And that is it. Everything else is like kind of, it, it's called debossed into the can and it's kind of like adding a bit of texture to it itself. So it looks totally different to anything else that you'll see on, on the shelves. No frills, like it. So I was just having a read on their, oh, no. So I was just having a read on their website, um, just reading about the, um, the, like the cans, the design, everything. It goes, crafted and packaged to appear to modern, global, contemporary palette and lifestyle, which I can say it does. Yeah, I like it. The Thursday that I've got here looks like the opening credits to a Christopher Nolan film. <laughs> That's going to resonate with people. All those Christopher Nolan fans. So, Bubs, maybe you tell us a bit more about the the general about the portfolio. Like, what's what you know? You just said about Thursday. Is that like one of their Thursday, beers? Or? Thursday is is one of the uh, three I managed to to pick up from from the supermarket the other day. Yeah. So, um, I, I this is what I wanted to have a look at a little bit more and find out from them. Is um, I, I think it's a suggestion a little bit of of a beer to have on a given day of the week. Um, uh, notably missing is is Monday. Um, which uh, I think we've got a couple of question marks about why that is. Um, and nobody likes Mondays. Um, but then Tuesday they go in with um, sort of a, a nice baby blue coloured um, wheat beer, which is which is alcohol free. Um, Wednesday is is the bright, vibrant yellow uh, wheat beer that's about um, I think it's about five percent um, somewhere here. Um, and then <laughs> moving on into the week, <laughs> you've got Thursday, which I'm enjoying at the moment, which is the dark lager. Um, actually, I'm glad I poured it out into a glass because I mean it is really dark, um, and that's that's definitely worth a try. And and they've got some really interesting pairings of some foods that they su- suggest with that. Um, and then Friday you've got uh, an IPA, uh, Saturday's a lager, and Sunday's a, a, a pale. So you are covering all the bases. You can quite literally go through almost the whole week having a different beer every day, apart from Mondays. But maybe Monday's your rest day. On Monday, you rest. <laughs> it's the not the eighth day of the week, but yeah. Reading a little bit more about them and why they're set up. So as you kind of said, Rich, before, that they're a, um, a Bavarian you know, German company. They're actually set up in um, in Munich. And they they created or they've created this selection of, of, of genuine Bavarian craft beers uh, n- labeled Tuesday through to Sunday um, that have been, you know, kind of brewed with that legacy and the integrity, they call it, of the, I'm going to pr- absolutely murder this, the Reinheitsgebot, which is the German brewing purity laws. Now, we talked about the German purity laws before, didn't we? About how they've got the really strict high standards for when it comes to their, their brewing of beer. And so these this craft beer brewery has basically really embraced that and is saying, this is why we've created these beers is a modern take on this very old traditional 
legacy of fantastic brewing standards that have come from Germany. So I quite like that. It's kind of trying to make a mod, like own a more kind of modern take on on a very kind of traditional, long standing affair, which is the um the, these purity laws. I like that. Um, I always have this thing in my head about German beer drinking being very esteemed. If there's a country in which drinking beer is esteemed, it's Germany. And I think this um, this beer is is sort of very well aligned with that. Uh, it's, yeah, coming along with that, I really like the phrase they put in here. It goes, as the world speeds up and we refuse to rush, our brewing process can take up to eight weeks, working hand-in-hand with small fifth-generation family-run Bavarian breweries. It's just it just speaks it speaks that they they're, they're taking their time and they're taking they're put they're putting a little bit of effort or they say they come across as though they're putting a fair bit of effort into brewing something really nice. It sounds lovely that they're they're really tapping in just in that sentence to the fact that they're trying to be a very much kind of community driven but a world community like a global community. Um, you know you can get these these Bavarian brewers obviously are kind of creating the beers themselves in in Munich, but they're saying you know that the, the the packaging and the positioning is all built on that kind of modern taste. But it and the, taking this again from the website, it comprises the wisdom and method of the grandfather and the passion and innocence of the grandchild. So they're saying it's everything from the Bavari- local Bavarian farmers to London's boutique hotels and clubs, encompassing generations from the proverbial organic farm to a sophisticated and refined drinking experience. So they really are like, even on their website, really trying to play in this, you know, we're from Bavaria, but England, London, you know, we very much have a place in, in, in England. So I don't know whether or not this is a company that you can only find maybe in, in Munich and Germany and in the UK as well, if this is like the two markets they've really decided that they want to own. Or maybe this is a, a company that's only sells in the UK, you know, that they come from Munich and they just decided that they want to just sell this beer in, in, uh, in the UK. But I quite like that, the fact that they've really pulled out on this kind of like it's English or, or like London's boutique hotels and clubs. It's quite a nice kind of touch, actually. I, th- I think what I'm quite enjoying as well is it, it feels very steeped in history, what they're, the way they're going back and the way they're relating back to their, um, their, their forefathers before them and the brewing processes and that, that they've been doing this for a while. But we, we, recently, we, we've done a lot of modern breweries quite recently. Uh, and they're going on about all their, their newfangled techniques and they're coming up with all of these crazy concoctions and stuff like that. But this seems to be sticking to something traditional and just, Try, trying to do try, try, trying to do it the old way I suppose would be the way to say not mucking about with the liquid not throwing in you know kumquat and turnips and stuff like that just making proper <laughs> nice beer <laughs> a good good contrast as well isn't it if the, they say this is how we know we know how to do beer we, we know what we're doing here um, but to spice things up a bit the way it looks and you see it on the shelf we're going super modern with but we are keeping it old school in actually brewing the stuff. So let's talk a bit about the liquid. So, Barbe, I know you and I have both had a taste of this, the Thursday dark lager. What's your What's your first impression? Um, well, I when I saw dark lager, my mind I immediately thought it was going to be like an amber lager. Um, but but no, it's it's dark, really dark, <laughs> Un, unfiltered dark lager. And um, actually, last time I was on, we did. Um, uh, Brooklyn, uh, and I'd say it sort of takes it on a little, little bit further. And you know, we I think there was meant to be sort of really multi kind of flavours in in there. And and this is um, Thursday is is doing that and and packing a bit of a punch. I had a look. I'm afraid my 
the things that go on in my in my mouth I often don't know the words for however so as, as a result I went to have a little look at some of the tasting notes on here and there's one word that got me really excited um <laughs> well she says here's what you should be tasting and, and to be honest yeah it makes a lot of sense toasted malt um dark berry caramelized orange peel interestingly which uh to be honest I wouldn't know what that would taste like normally but apparently it's in the beer um but in on on the palate, you should be able to get a bit of umami. <laughs> Ooh, umami! Is that the beans? Isn't that the the karate that Ross from Friends ha- did? I believe that was unagi. <laughs> <laughs> Are you esteemed gentlemen familiar with umami? Uh, I have no clue. What's umami? Not the foggiest idea what umami is. Have I have no <laughs> idea what umami is. It's so I had this explained to me. So you know, um, it's like the other, the other taste, the other um, flavor that you can taste. So not sweet, not sour, not bitter. Um, umami, I've understood as being um, a. You often get it with um, Asian food, and it's a kind of savory. I've heard it described as a bit of tang. Um, uh, supposedly, also a little bit prevalent in in food with um, MSG in it. Um, but there's also, um, I heard a great example of an Italian chef talking about um, Parmigiano Reggiano being the ultimate umami. So that kind of, um, again, it's a sort of savoury saltiness to um, to like a Parmesan cheese. Um, I'm not particularly nice. getting Parmesan okay. cheese here, but that's the, I, I find it incredibly difficult to describe what umami is. But I do think you get a little bit of it in, in, in the Thursday. Well, I, I could agree, couldn't agree more with the, uh, there's a lot there you covered with the Thursday. Um, but definitely the kind of the darkness, the maltiness really, really struck out on me. And I have tried their Saturday before, which is, I guess, the like the light pairing to the dark lager. It's a lager as well. And that one feel really refreshing, really clean. And this dark one felt exactly the same, but for more of a, a heavy malted um, taste to it. And I'm really pleased that you brought up Brooklyn Lager because it really felt more akin to a Brooklyn Lager in that it's got that more full body. It's got a lot of flavor to it and that kind of like aromas. And the, it almost felt like a bit chocolatey, even though it's not even close to the porters, the uh, the stouts of the world. It definitely is a through and through like just a, a like a nice, rich kind of like kind of warm chocolatey lager. So very much like that Thursday. And whereas the Saturday, as I said, is a contrast to that. It's the clean, it's the crisp, it's the lager. And it's definitely like a crafted lager rather than, you know, like kind of a, a more kind of mainstream, more kind of big, big brewery lager. It's, you know, kind of what you kind of get with those kind of quite like American style, like light lagers. This is definitely a, uh, you know, kind of Camden Town lager, like a more like a Hell's style lager where it's got quite a lot of flavor to it, but it feels really crisp and clean at the same time. So I've just popped open, which you might be having the same one as me, the Friday. Have you got that one on the go at the moment? Yes, yeah, so I've I've been swinging the Friday the whole way through this the, the, this recording, and I'll be honest with you, boys, I wasn't quite ready to drink beer today. I, I'm I'm not I wasn't feeling a hundred percent, and I was a, I was going into this slightly dubiously, thinking I wasn't going to enjoy anything that we tried, especially this being the strongest one I think they do, which is a six point five percent. So I was I was a bit worried, but I've got to say. I've been pleasantly surprised at how nice and how easygoing it's been to drink. So what? What? So this is their India Pale Ale, right? So this is the, as you said, the six point five percent. Everything else is probably about the five percent category. So they really, uh, you know, are, are doing justice to the fact that this is a higher hopped, uh, you know, higher ABV beer in the six point five. But what? What are you kind of taste wise? Are you getting rich? You said that it's it's really woken you up. Or- 
it's got you in the mood of drinking this beer. So what are you, what are you tasting flavor-wise? It, it is very heavily malty. You can, you can taste the malt the whole way through and it has a very long, like a long, ah, I'm trying to get my word out, a lingering malty taste that I can, st- I can taste all the way through. Uh, it says it, it says it's hoppy as well, but I, I'm not getting as much of the hoppy that I would want from an IPA. Um, from maybe like a lighter IPA that that you do get, but it it's there and um it says it's unfiltered um which I'm not too sure what that means in the sense for its taste. I don't know if any of you guys can help me out with that. Uh, usually unfiltered just means that it's a bit less refined, so a bit more a bit grittier. I suppose it's probably how and how you'd find that coming out in the beer is rather than feeling quite smooth or quite like, you know, like that longer finish that comes out off the end of it. It could be quite like tart at times as well. What I'm finding quite interesting about this and Union one, you say they're like kind of like it's it, the, the hoppy and the multi, which you're expecting from an IPA. But this is definitely on the multi category rather than on the hot hoppy side, whereas most IPAs yeah. are that quite crisp. They're quite, um, you know, quite sweet almost, but not like in a sugary way, but like in a like full of flavor. And it's, it's kind of uplifting, whereas this one is, is, is delicious. It's a really nice Indian pale ale, but it's definitely on that kind of like more kind of mellow multi vibe rather than a quite highly carbonated quite you know kind of zingy ipa that you you can sometimes yeah. get in this category bob have you have you tried which one have you tried it now so yeah i've just caught up with you guys so i'm just trying the uh the, the friday as well it's quite punchy <laughs> i like it yeah and um, i was going to say the word the word i think that probably comes up particularly with with the unfiltered stuff is is hazy um which I suppose that kind of means um, I kind of virtually in, in the appearance and a, a little bit in the taste as well. But it's funny, uh, uh, Travis, because you mentioned it. I always think I have in my head these days that beer is either going to be hoppy or it's going to be malty. Um, whereas this is, it's yeah, it's uh, hops and malt of full, full of character, I'd say. Um, and I think that's probably because we've got... Uh, I'm just reading here, Simcoe, Chinook, and, and Magnum hops. Magnum's a, a slightly new one to, to me, but um, Simcoe and, and, and Chinook uh, are, are pretty popular, aren't they, um, hops? They, I think they do appear quite a bit in your, in your IPAs that are a little more hazy. Doing a, doing a bit more about their kind of like the general about the packaging. I know we've talked about the design on the cans. They have bottles as well. And, and, you know, they, they, it's like a really similar design on there. But what I also have, I, where I bought these, these beers through, um, is actually a tin. Uh, so it's their four pack, and usually you get four packs in cars. You know, it's kind of that. Well, is what the beers will be housed in. But this one's made out of tin, and you know they've come in with this nice little letter that's called uh, you know little kind of marketing material that came in the can it's uh, in the box itself, uh, and it says Saturday, I love you. It says on the back, don't waste, not even a drop. Seems like it's all out of whack, and the world is feeling it. We have all di- dig. We all have to dig deep, chip in, and do our part to steady the ship. So thanks for choosing and Union's sustainable and fully recyclable four pack tins. So what they're saying with this is instead of creating a more waste for the world, like the cards, you know, that can be recycled, of course, but that's still waste. What they want you to do with this this tin is to keep it. So you can recycle the cans as you would do any aluminium can, but the tin, what they want you to do is reuse it. So you know you could put put different stuff in it. You know you could use it, house it, and. The reason why I think that's an, a, a genius idea, A, you've probably paid a little bit more because you're going to keep this tin afterwards and it's, it costs a bit more to make this tin than a, would be a cardboard box. 
but also because the design is is fantastic and you'll want to house this you'll want to keep it you know it's not something which you think oh I actually I don't really like the look of this I'll throw it away it's something where when I first looked at it I thought oh god I definitely want to keep that I definitely will be interested in putting other things in it and I might even display this on a shelf somewhere you know that's how nice it looks and I know it's talking about is is a beer um, but you know they've got stuff on it like one of the sides just has the word yum you know like written on one side like that's quite cool it doesn't it's not like massively you know saying this is a beer brand we're about beer it's like actually this is quite subtle you know it's got something a bit quirky you can just put i mean they're standard size cans right you can use it to keep beer in although what i mean do you think maybe you go and take some around to someone's house and uh, they see you've got the and union uh, tin and they go oh brilliant it's oh you've got some and union beer oh sorry actually i've only got you know something else uh, maybe they were looking forward to and union that's another thing yeah <laughs> was where's where's the name come from it's quite d- distinct and do we do we happen to know where the name comes from you texted me about it and said, oh, uh, we're going to have see if we get hold of some and union. And I thought it was a spelling mistake. I was like, well, yeah, yeah. that can't be the name of it. I, I, thought, I thought it was going to be union and the and union was, uh, and the and wasn't meant to be added on. No, I can't find it. So I, I don't know, if I'm honest. Yeah, it's quite, a, but it's quite a distinctive name though, isn't it? It's not very instantly recognisable because you think and union must be, as you said, might be part of a sentence or maybe they're just called union and they're whatever. It's a bit open for it. But now you know they're called and union. Um, it's, it's very catchy. And actually, like, cause and union itself is written, not, it's not like it's plastered all over the can. Like it's literally in a small square on the side or back of pack and just has the word and union written in it. It's really subtle. Um, so at first, I actually didn't know who made this beer because I just was picking up the Saturday Lager. And I was like, "Whoa, a Saturday Lager? Is this like a, a store brand? You know, is this a, you know, uh, made by the, the retailer that I'm picking this up from? But no, it's actually from, uh, you know, from a brewery and they've decided to call them from day of the week. So it's a bit quirky. I'll just say, fr- Friday also makes me want to play beer pong. That, that red colour and like the white just makes me think of those American house style party cups, house party style cups. The solo cups. Yeah, no, it does. This is a really vibrant, bright black, uh, red, uh, with the contrast of the black and the white. So, like, kind of wrapping up on, on And Union. So, with their, obviously, we know this modern, modernist brewery, uh, but they've got on, on Instagram, they've got 17,000 followers. And on Twitter, they've got 16,000 followers. So, they've got a, a pretty solid following. Um, I've only just started noticing them here in the UK. Uh, so I don't know actually how old they are, if they've been around for a long time or, you know, it says they joined Twitter in 2009. So, you know, that could mean something. <laughs> it doesn't, you know, or something. But, you know, I don't know if they've just started pushing out into the UK or if they've been in Germany for a long while. Uh, it'll be interesting to kind of find out a bit more about them as they as they grow a bit, because we're I think we're saying from all of this, this company that we're really enjoying the uh, the beers that they have to offer. They're quite quirky with the way that they've they've gone about their beers from you know, this very high standard of pure, German purity laws, but with a modern twist and style of branding. And, you know, the sustainability of, of you know, doing things like reusable packaging. Um, you know, you can have now, like obviously these tins, the four pack that I have is the, the, the Saturday lager, but you can get a four pack of all of the, of the different beers that they have. And so you, in theory, could collect the set. You know, you could get the Sunday lager, which is a bright orange. You could collect the, uh, you know, the, the Friday lager, uh, the Friday IPA, which is a... Um, uh, you know, a red can. So you could have like all the different colours, multicoloured boxes and tins and that would be a nice display if you were like in, that way inclined. Have you seen, um, they've got they've got an And Union playlist 
So they've, though, I mean, they've put together a few of these. I'm, I'm just, just saying, um, uh, and Union playlist number three is called Days Like These. Uh, and it's all, um, absolute bangers, some of these, which are, um, songs involving days of the week. That's so cool. Blue Monday by New Order, Ruby Tuesday, Rolling Stones, Wednesday Morning Atonement, Kurtz Harding, Thursday Morphine. Um, and I think somewhere in there, I mean, these, this goes on for a while. So um, I think also in there, there's uh, Days Like This by Van Morrison and all that sort of stuff. So um, uh, That's there cool. you go. Music to listen to while you're drinking it as well. Yeah, really, really leaning into the their, their beer names. I liked it a lot. Gabs, do you want to say anything to wrap up uh, And Union? I was just going to say, you when you were going on about collecting all of the tins, it's a bit like collecting Pokemon, but for adults. And that's all we have time for from this week's episode of the I'll Try That podcast. And so from me, Joe, Rich, and Simo, goodbye. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and watch us on YouTube. Goodbye now. Always drink responsibly, and if you or anyone else needs some help, go to drinkaware.co.uk more information.